which I've is cut why my finger we, off. Thank you, Jim. No, that no, no. I don't, I don't give a damn about that. You didn't even uh, cut your when, finger off. You got glued back on. Yeah, whatever. There was a flat. I was way more quiet. I was way more quiet than I normally am because I was like, I was looking around my computer trying to figure out how much space I've got and did this record the first half of the show at all. So I'm not going to know that until I hit stop. And so I was, I was, I was, my anxiety about what it, what it, when that popped up, it said it stopped recording. I was like, oh shit. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Four Two Three Soccer Pod, the podcast that CFC built. This is Jim, and as you heard in the cold open, I was worried about whether the show recorded uh, the first half or first third of the show. Did it record at all? Well, it didn't, and so what you're hearing now is the last two thirds of the conversation. It starts with a with a Shabby and Jeremy talking a little bit about the women's team, the upcoming tryouts, and just some of the anxiety that Jeremy had when starting the women's team. So uh, you'll hear the, the remaining part of our interview with Jeremy Allenbaugh, the uh, CEO for Chattanooga Football Club. Again, I apologize to uh, Shabby and Shelly and Todd. I apologize to Jeremy and both of you who are listening. Um, you know, I don't want this to happen. We're going to make sure it doesn't happen again. But now you'll get to hear the conversation with Jeremy. And uh, we hope you come back next week when I try not to lose any of the audio. So here's the interview. All right, now, All I'm, reco- I'm recording to the cloud. So hey, now we're recording again. Well, Jeremy, yeah, I want to. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go, Chevy. Go. No, I just wanted to make sure that we we captured that. So you had said that uh, yes, we you know one in January around a university holiday school break, and then another one in February because we think we can maximize talent identification. And I was going to say that I'm really glad to hear that because I know one of the things I heard from players or people who wanted to play for us later after they kind of saw what happened was that if they just had known earlier, if they just could have gotten in earlier, but they felt pressured to commit to other teams first. Yeah, for sure. And I, as I, as I've said before, I think to small groups and larger groups, part of the timing last year, 100% falls on my shoulders. Like I, I was nervous about, who's going to come in and, and, and lead the women's team. And some of that is because of the horrific things that we've all seen, watched, you know, uh, witnessed uh, with some of the NWSL stuff. And um, as, you know, a dad of a 18 year old daughter, who's going off to play college athletics, like, I mean, that, that, that hits home. And um, so I'm excited with uh, where we got to, but definitely being able to push our timeline up, uh, to be to be able to recruit, you know, some talent, and I think we proved ourselves again because we were the unknown commodity uh, in terms of the women's game, and we got work to do there. Uh, it's a difficult animal to to tackle compared to uh, maybe the men's game, and I don't mean anything disrespectful by that, but it's just different. And having that earlier start, I definitely think will will help us, but I also think what we did last year and how we did it uh, will help us too in terms of being able to get some of that talent to commit to, to coming here. So I would expect those things to happen as early as possible in January. Uh, and then that February, I would, you can pencil in that, you know, president president's day weekend when a lot of schools are off and stuff is a good opportunity for us to, um, to do some talent evaluation. And then ideally, uh, similar to what the men's team did for years as an amateur club, as an amateur team, is to, if we can, 
find a, a pretty neat, pretty cool, for lack of a better term, uh, friendly type opportunity for uh, maybe not all the women's players, but maybe use it as a recruiting tool, identification thing to perhaps find a friendly sometime in, in April around those university spring breaks where maybe there's um, some smaller countries or, you know, the, the difference is like the men's team, you know, we can get friendlies against USL championship teams and, you know, MLS next pro and league one and MLS teams, even, you know, what we played Atlanta before obviously in the preseason. So on the women's side, I don't think racing Louisville is going to come down to play us in a preseason friendly, but that doesn't mean that, you know, Trinidad and Tobago's national team doesn't want to come and chat. They're going to play a preseason game against us. So those are the type of things that we're reaching for and that we feel we could get a landmark type exhibition preseason game for the women's team, perhaps in April around those spring breaks could be a good recruitment tool for us uh, as well as for those, those countries to say, you know, Hey, we're going to Chattanooga on this weekend to play those games. So, um, I mean, it's been done before on the men's side. It's not a, a, a pure mimic that we can do in the men's side because it's, it's different animals, but that's what we're shooting for is to be able to try to find something that shoots a little bit of energy and a little bit of life into the women's team for the summer get some people talking, some momentum, get some energy going. So when we uh, hit the ground running in May uh, with our league schedule that we're ahead of it a little bit, it's not a guarantee because, you know, we could, uh, offer great financial packages to some of those people, opportunities for those people, and it just not, might not match up, which is the same thing we find on the men's team. Like we desperately last year wanted an international friendly. It just didn't work out. Um, it's on our goal for this year. We really would like, I think that's a big part of what CFC has done as we have shown when we do presentations, we talk about CFC being an international brand. Uh, Mayor Kelly, before he was mayor and we all knew him as Tim, <laughs> right? He was the chairman of the board. He went to the Johan Cruyff Institute and presented um, about CFC. So when I go do presentations to university students, that's a slide that I talk about. And I do refer to him as Mayor Kelly because that's the official title. So I better, um, as opposed to calling him Tim. Um, but that took, you know, that took time to, to build those things. So, and a lot of it's just timing, but that's what we want to be able to do as well for the women's team. But we could make great offers and some of those things, you know, we could call Racing Louisville, Chicago Red Stars, Orlando Pride, and they would be like, yeah, no thanks. It doesn't fit our schedule. Or maybe they do take it. Um, you know, so we're going to work at it, but it is a goal for us to have a, let's call it a premier women's friendly April, May-ish time to like really show what we're trying to do here. Um, it won't be the Wolfsburg women's team in April, May. I can promise you that. Maybe in the summer they will venture over here, but then we got the World Cup for the women, uh, which I hope we're all excited about. Um, but we wanted to do it for the men's team last year. It just didn't work. You know, so it's it, we don't control those things, but that doesn't mean we can't be aggressive in our pursuit of trying to find some of those opportunities. Well, yeah, well, speaking of the women's side too, before you got on, we talked about a little bit. Can you tell us anything or have you heard about the uh, UPSL tryouts and things going on down in Calhoun that's through um I think it's like North Georgia and that because we there were some posts about that I don't know if you knew much about it or how you thought that might impact our recruiting or anything um don't know much about it in terms of it um you know not uh one of the things that I've tried to do since since I've gotten here is to be aware of everything else that's going around our community but not get con consumed by it. Like when I got here, um, our Slack channel had a hashtag that anytime anybody mentioned a certain other organization sent an alert to all 60 people in our Slack channel. And that was toxic in my opinion. Like we need to be aware of what's happening across the street. We need to be aware of what's happening in other leagues, other clubs, those things. Um, so yeah, not, not too, um, concerned about anything on that side of it, but we feel, you know, we feel that we've done a good job of setting the culture uh, for the men's team and, and now the women's team and by taking care of ourselves that we can overcome, you know, some other bits and pieces that may pop up. 
And we had mentioned, we were talking before about, you know, what can we do as supporters uh, to help in the recruitment of uh, on the on the women's side? Because it is, like you said, it's a it's a different sort of thing, uh, given their amateur status, student status, that sort of thing. So what can we as supporters do to help facilitate uh, uh, bringing in players? That's a tricky one. I think what we did in 22 was tremendous. Like, uh, I go back to the first game in Nashville, and the players were freaked out. Like, who are these people? Why are they banging drums? Why are they in Nashville on a Sunday? And and then Randy turned and said, yeah, this is great, but they're also going to be at Finley, and there's going to be more of them, so get used to it which is no different than the men's team. Uh, you know, uh, Rod brought it up after the home opener against Maryland. Some of our guys, they were nervous. I mean, they were, they were, you know, excuse my French, they were crapping themselves. Like they hadn't played in front of a rabid, excited fan base that wanted results and wanted them to play hard for the community and the city and supporters and all that stuff. Um, so the, I think the, the table's been set in terms of if somebody commits to coming here playing for the women's team, they know they're going to be taken care of uh, in terms of housing, travel, uh, the support that they get here and, and the fan base. So what we can do is continue, you know, honestly on, on, on social media is to repost moments from the women's team. You know, the goal uh, that was scored here against North Alabama, you know, by Jack, I mean, such a, I mean, smacked it right. Half volley, great goal. Show put those things on the social media. So when, when players at the college amateur levels are, you know, looking, right, am I going to play here? Am I going to play there? And they see that and they see that goal, they see the stadium, they see the fans and they feel that excitement. Those are big things. Um, being able to, when we're on the phone talking to potential recruits, men's team or women's team, here's where our annual pass numbers are now. And I realize everybody's financial commitments and uh, abilities are different, but in Chattanooga, especially with CFC, we tend to have this wait till three days before the first game and buy our annual passes, um, even though we know we're going to do it. And it's for some people, it is a financial consideration. And I get that. I, you know, look, I got a daughter going off to college. We got a car at the mechanics, right? I understand the financial reality of life. But if you know you're going to get that annual pass and you can do it today, do it today. Because we use those numbers when we're talking to people hey, we have X amount of passes already committed to our club passes. And those club passes get you to the men's and women's games. And we have sold more club passes than we have just men's team. And we sold more of those than we just have women's team. So those are little simple recruitment things that we use. But reposting stuff on social media, memories that you've had from 22 or even previous seasons are, are tremendous opportunities. Um, and then everything that we always do, support players on their way in and support players on their way out. So if one of our women's team uh, players from 22 decides to take another opportunity, once a blue, always a blue. Same thing we do for the men's team. No different. We hope that our league that we play in on the women's team is viewed uh, as a strong option for players. Uh, but everybody's view of things are, is different, right? So if they choose to go play for a club XYZ in Georgia instead of us, you know, congratulate them on that and thank them on an opportunity because somebody who has to make the decision of their first club to go play for as a college amateur player and they have a teammate that played for coc and now plays somewhere down in georgia instead and they see that they're still treated well on their way out with this club that matters and, and that, that matters to young people you know how they're treated when they come into the workplace the onboarding that we do and how we bring them into our culture. And then when they leave, like we've lost people from the front office and we've tried to treat them uh, the same on their way out the door as we did on their way in. And that's different than at least how I did things 10, 15 years ago. Like when you came in, great. You should be happy to be working here for this club. Love you. And when you left, it was almost a middle finger as you walked out the door. And that's just not how people respond to things nowadays. So Players are no different. So our fan base, our supporters have done such a great job of welcoming people in and then just really also wishing them the best of luck when they go on to other opportunities, whether it hurts us, 
you know, or disappoints us doing that. So that's, that's the best thing our, that our fans can do, I think. And I love when you do share when players have moved on and they've accepted other things and, and I end up seeing, you know, it's kind of like a, where are they now? Like a player that played with us is now playing, you know, signed with a new team or got a new opportunity. Like, I think that's exciting. And I think we should, uh, we should definitely um, applaud that and, and share those things because it is wonderful news and we're proud of our players wherever they are. Yeah. And, and that's different for, I don't know why it is, but for some reason, some people have a hard time with that. And, you know, other than the top five clubs in the world, every club is a feeder club. For staff, for coaches, for players, you know, we hope not for fans, right? But, you know, we have, we have annual pass members that they have an annual pass with Nashville and MLS. They have an annual pass. Some have maybe have an annual pass with Atlanta. You know, someday if Atlanta gets an NWSL team, maybe they'll have a season ticket down there. And I think we should have limits to that, though. Like, if, if we can't be a feeder team to Arsenal fans, like, that's not a thing, right? Listen what? here. That's garbage. You're dead to me, Todd. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, in the rest of the world, you, I think you, I think it's okay to accept who you are and what you're about, but you don't have to give in. You don't have to give in that, oh, we're just a third division club or an amateur women's club. You don't have to give in to it, but you have to embrace it and say, part of the reason why player X got that opportunity is because of what we did. We had 3,000 people in Finley Stadium cheering them when they played well and also putting pressure on them to perform well. We had 1,500 at a women's game to let them know look, this matters. Like you're not just coming here to have free housing and get some cool Hummel gear and go to CBC after a game. Like you, you have to perform and and winning and losing again, sometimes it's out of our control, but you have to perform and accept uh, the burden of playing here in Chattanooga for CFC. There's a burden for playing for CFC in Chattanooga. Let's just leave it at that. And if you're willing to accept that, then that's going to help you as you move on to other opportunities in the business world, in the soccer world, whatever. And so we need to embrace that uh, because we are developing a lot of players and people. And we have for, you know, almost 15 seasons on the men's side here in, in 23. So that's, that's fun. That's exciting. And that motivates people. We shouldn't shy away from it or be ashamed of it. Um, but we should embrace that because again, there's clubs all over the world that that's their business model, right? Like, we bring these people in, we develop them, give them a chance, we push them on. Um, and when they move on, we take a little bit of pride in where they've now uh, been able to get to. So I, I've enjoyed that. And I think that's a fun, that's a fun part of the job for me personally. And I think it is for our supporters and, and fans as well. So what are your thoughts on promotion and relegation? <laughs> Is this like, um, is this the segment where Jim puts everybody in mute and takes over the the? No, I, what? <laughs> um, my thoughts are this: If I had invested and lost a crap ton of money in early years, I could see why I would be against it. I, if I was in a, if I am in a community club, professional club, I can see how it'd be enticing. But in general, as American, I, I am and I would be enticed by what it could mean for the development of our coaches, of our players, of our fans, of our supporters, of our partners. But also for me, I, again, and I've said this many a times, but the most, and I said this up at, um, uh, up at Belmont a couple of weeks ago when I spoke to a sports management class, I said, what's the most enticing sports event in the United States. And one person said Super Bowl and everybody's like, what? That's one Sunday for seven hours or however long that game takes. Everybody else said March Madness. I said, yep, why? They said, because Belmont can play Duke. Mm -hmm. I said, great. So the majority of the countries in the world get that all year long. And I said through, you know, media things like Wrexham, through other things, we've seen how powerful that opportunity to punch above your weight, achieve what 
people don't think is possible, whatever you want to say. So I think all of us will be gone most likely. Um, But I do think there's a chance for it to happen. And I do think the U S would embrace it as much as any other country has because of our, you know, our mindset of strap of the boots, you know, do better than your, like, I want Sydney to do better than I've done. Just like my parents did. I don't know. I've done better than my parents. Um, uh, but I think Sydney will do better than, than me in this, uh, in this world. And, you know, so I think that's been our mindset in this country and I think we can get there and I think people would, would love it. I mean, the fact that NBA NHL teams are already tanking their seasons to get the number one draft choice is a disgrace. And it turns off a lot of fans and a lot of Americans, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a St. Louis blues hockey fan. If they were tanking their season to get the number one draft choice, I would quit watching them. I'm not a season ticket holder for them. I don't buy a, a lot of their merch, but I love watching them play. And I would, it would phase me out. So if that phases me out, what could, you know, a minor league hockey team or a minor league lower level soccer team trying to achieve that top level do to other people to get them to go? So I don't know. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's dead in the water that it'll never happen. Um, I think it could happen, but I do think if it did, especially in soccer, because of, you know, all the work that's being done to bring the game to other, you know, markets, smaller markets, whatever you want to call it. Some of the people that are bringing to those markets, maybe we don't like, and we don't agree with, but the fact is the game is being brought to a lot of parts of our country. And if the opportunity for, for people to achieve, um, like we're seeing in Wrexham and other, you know, media things that we've been to, um, been exposed to, I think it'd be really, I think it'd be really successful, but I'm also in Chattanooga, Tennessee, been in, you know, lower leagues my whole career. So I see the value of it, but also if I was at LAFC and we just won MLS cup, I'd be pretty damn sure. I don't want to drop down to Mm -hmm. division two next year. So I think it goes both ways. I think it'd be, I think it'd be tremendous, but I'm not giving up hope on it, but it also doesn't consume me every day. I don't wake up thinking about pro rail. I wake up thinking about CFC. I wake up thinking about our staff, our coaches, our players, our supporters. Um, and if a time comes where I go to another club, I'll wake up in that morning thinking about that club, you know, and that drives me. Whereas those that are consumed by only pro rail, I think are also lost in the weeds because, you know, are they, are they missing out on, on so many other things that they could be a part of? And if Ted's listening, then he probably just is going to tweet at yeah. Jim and go nuts. I, no, I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that Ted listens and, um, but that confirms you're on Twitter because you know about Ted. Oh, <laughs> you know, I don't know that you have to be on Twitter to know about Ted. That's that true. I think, I think very true. Become, become a general term used to anybody who speaks about uh, positively about, about pro rail. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have another question. If, if nobody else is gonna. Okay. All right. Cool. All, sh- all shabby all the time. Let's go. I guess right. So you were talking about, you know, the things you're proud of this year and, and, you know, even if we make the big gains, it doesn't necessarily mean that we would, we would see wins out of that. Right. And, and I think that's fair. I mean, we all know soccer is a fickle sport, right? Like there's an element of chance in every game. This is documentable. Um, and, and true fans understand it, support it, um, live with it. And that's, that's part of that excitement too, just like pro rel, right? You never really know what's going to happen. Right. in any any given match right um there's a whole episode of that this is football documentary series on amazon prime if any of you have watched it one of the episodes is about that element of chance and they kind of jokingly somebody said in there that um you know those german teams are almost uh, machine-like in their tenacity to mitigate that element of chance and they've learned a lot of that and that's why they very often are powerhouses so that made me think what else or is there anything else that you are getting out of the partnership with wolfsburg 
are we learning some things there or, you know, are, are there other things that are, are helping out our club that maybe you can talk about? Uh, that's might be top two questions I've ever been asked. Um, so. Congrats. Wow. Let's just take a moment. And well, celebrate uh, slow happened. clap for Shabby. That, I, was, I was in my office at home when I heard Shabby ask one of the best questions ever. All right. Yeah. No, because I think, and the reason why I said that is because so much of what is occurring with that partnership is behind the scenes and is never going to be front facing. Look, the uniform is, it was fantastic. Um, the assistance and help and bringing back the women's team was fantastic. Those are very, you know, public facing things. I had a, uh, a meeting today downtown with some people um, regarding youth development and, you know, where, where we're heading with some things and want to head with some things. And a big part of the discussion was around specifically some of the information that, that we were able to get this summer from one of the Wolfsburg coaches that was here for six weeks. He was fully ingrained in our academy, our uh, community partner programs and our foundation programs, and a little bit within the first team for the men's team and the women's team. Um, and, but the biggest thing was the takeaways that he was able to share with us of how they've restructured some of their youth development at Wolfsburg. Now, Wolfsburg is not Chattanooga. Chattanooga is not Wolfsburg, but there are some takeaways that if we, you know, uh, if we can take and, and put into our system and I think can really push us forward. So some of those things are never going to be the quote unquote, sexy, glamorous things that we're going to, you know, read about on social media or what have you, but really some of the stuff that's being, that's been shared with us, we are now at a point where we can say, okay, that's great. They've been through it. They've adapted, learned, tweaked, change some things. Um, how can we take some of that, what they've learned, and then again, tweak it, adapt it, change it for it to work here in Chattanooga with some of the stuff we want to do in the youth development side. Um, so that's been really, really beneficial to us. Um, greatly beneficial. Um, and some of that is on the talent development side. And some of it is on what the Germans and the Europeans call grassroots, which we would call community slash recreational. So how can we make sure when that seven-year-old, you know, stumbles into a soccer program because mom or dad or grandma wants them to go be active um, and, and go do something that their first experience is uh, a proper experience for a child, that that coach doesn't necessarily want to make them, you know, feel like that first practice they need to decide that they want to become an NWSL all-star or an MLS all-star, that they love running around in a field. They love, you know, kicking and dribbling a ball and, you know, bumping into people and having fun um, as if that's their first entry point into the game. So we've been able to take so much from them and now we're just starting. We're not there. We're just starting to implement it into some, grassroots community partnership, uh, things that we're doing as well as in, into our academy side. So that would be the first thing. The other thing that you will not see, because we, we do a very crappy job. I was about to say the S word, but um, we do a very crappy job of promoting it. But every time uh, Jan Fuente comes to the U.S. to do big um, connections, relationship touch points uh, with his commercial partners in North America, he comes to Chattanooga. 60% of that is because of the VW factor here, for sure. The other part is because of CFC. So when he comes over, he spends time with myself and Madison and other people in the front office. Hey, I met with these people in Salt Lake City. They're interested in, you know, finding more about CFC because it aligns with their brand, their company, whatever. I was just in Charlotte and a friend that used to work for the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, wants to know how he can get his company involved with CFC. Some of those things come to fruition um, publicly. Some of them never pan out. But the fact that he makes time to come and visit with us after a 13, 17-day barnstorming tour around North America just makes you realize that we are valuable to them. And in turn, I think, you know, um, you know they're valuable to us. And, and so 
that's really important. Um, we had a visit this week on Monday from somebody that used to work for Wolfsburg, who's now with another um, company, quasi tied into VW, quasi not. And him and his North American um, patriot came into Chattanooga and spent three hours here in the offices on Monday and then went down to Huntsville and spent some time with some connections we have down there. And we got a great email last night saying, hey, we got some ideas. We want to kick this partnership into gear in 2023. That's not going to be on Twitter. I guess it's on a podcast now, right? But it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not going to be on Twitter tomorrow. It's not a lone player for the women's team. It's not a lone player for the men's team. But these are things that are pushing this club forward and, as importantly, pushing our staff forward. Because I know when Madison – uh, you know, gets an opportunity to, to visit, you know, with these different people, like she's appreciative of the insight that they bring and the opportunities that they bring. Um, but just also the fact that they take time again, to come to our little scenic city here and spend time with this little club and give us insight and opportunities to exchange ideas. And it's been, it's been fantastic. I do hope in 23 that we're able to take some of our youth players both on the boys side and the girls side over to germany for some player exchanges because i think wow. that would be, that would be really would be amazing yeah, it'd be amazing <laughs> and that's the next step and we're almost there um but we're not quite there because as as any relationship one of our most influential partners at wolfsburg moved on to another opportunity so that's, it's kind of got slowed down a little bit, right? I mean, it just happens. So if we can't do it in the first half of 23, I know we can do it in the second half of 23. And that would be something I think would be really good for our community uh, on the youth development side. So yeah, there's a lot of things happening. I know some of it isn't public facing, which is why this, why again, I'll say it, it makes it a real partnership because they're not worried with how many kids came to the camp this summer. They're not worried with how many impressions we have on social media. We promote Wolfsburg. You know, there's a great thing that came out today about the stronger program and they love that. And that's great, but that's not the driver. The driver is the things that are occurring pro side, youth side, community side that people don't know about. That's what really drives them. And that's why, that's why they're aligned with CFC because we're very similar uh, in terms of what's, what we value and what's important to us. And on the theme of community, you had talked about uh, earlier uh, before we started recording about what's in your, for your plans tomorrow. There's going to be a sports summit downtown that Chattanooga FC is going to be part of. Uh, maybe you could uh, share with us a little bit about that. Yep. Uh, so shout out to Andrew Zito and, and Rich Mazinga from the Lookouts. Last December, they sent just random email to ourselves, uh, Chattanooga Sports, uh, UTC, Mock Sports Properties. CFC and lookouts like, Hey, what if we got together on a Friday afternoon and just talked about sponsorships, ticket sales, community engagement, what are you doing? Best practices. So it was very informal. We sat up in one of their, uh, hospitality areas and just had a big group meeting for, you know, a morning. And from that, uh, it's been really cool to see like the organic, uh, opportunities come out of it where there's a, a small group of the lookouts and UTC people that get together with our people on the ticketing side and they go get coffees or go get drinks for happy hour and just share ideas. And we do, you know, ticket exchanges. So you'll see some of the people at our games, we go to their games, but just really um, networking, connecting. And then on the leadership side, um, there's a senior leadership group that we get together quarterly for lunches and, you know, really try to drill a little bit deeper into, you know, uh, what are some of your pain points? What are some things that are going well for you? How can we help each other? What are we learning? And that's been huge. Um, so tomorrow, we'll, we've now brought Finley in with Brian Wright and his group. So really excited about adding them into it. And it'll be a, another full, you know, half day type thing. And we've expanded it. So when we're now including our, our merchandise teams <clears throat> from all those properties our communications, content, marketing teams from all those properties and our operations teams. So we'll probably have 65, 70 people tomorrow at Finley from, you know, the main driver, Chattanooga sports groups, meeting together, sharing ideas, um, do some breakout sessions, 
and some, you know, how can we do some more things together as a group in our community? And then how can we help elevate each other uh, with some ideas and, and some sharing of things? So, so excited for that. Really excited to have Brian, <coughs> excuse me, and the Finley group involved in that too, because they're obviously they're an important piece for us, UTC and Chattanooga Sports, as we saw last weekend with the Blue Cross Bowl. Is it true that, uh, that Jim's going to have a 30 minute presentation on the power of the manganata? <laughs> no, no. And will you be attending? Yeah. And um, will you also drink one in solidarity with him? Uh, It'd be there. a powerful show of unity. It will. Mm. Yes. I don't know where this anti manganata thing came <laughs> from, but I'm willing to run with it. Like any good, um, heel in the wrestling world, you know, I will run with it, but, um, I like a mango margarita. I just oh. think yeah. this is this is an olive branch of peace. This is a yes. starting point. <laughs> yes, it all starts here. Small steps. Small but there is wow. no there is no presentation that, that I am currently aware of. But um, well, that's a missed opportunity. Doesn't mean we can't add it to the agenda. Yeah, I'm I'm available. I have a recipe. I'll bring a recipe. And... Maybe a maybe a breakout session. Really talking about yeah. concessions. I can see it tying in. Yeah. <laughs> Special guest appearance. There you go. Well, hey, it's, you know, it's, it's a little, it's after eight o'clock on this Thursday night and, you know, we've, we've kept you quite a long time, Jeremy. It's always nice to, to have you, to have you here. I, I want to do a couple of things before we let you go. First, do you have any questions that you want to ask us? Mm-hmm. It's like an interview, like a job interview, you know, when you stop at, at the end of the job interview, you flip it around and say, do you have any questions that you want to ask us? Um, I mean, you guys, you know, cover what's so great about this group is you, you cover a variety of, I mean, look, the passion is obviously there for the club, right? And the passion is there for the community. Um, even stretching, you know, up where Todd is to the, you know, internet barren land where he currently is. (laughs) But, you know, look, we're, you know, we're excited about what 2020. 2022, you know, brought to us. Um, Not all of it was perfect. Not all of it was great. Obviously, the ending on the field was a little disappointing, but we had some high moments in between all of that. But um, I would just, you know, my question would be from each of you, you know, give me something that uh, that you're excited about and something that you're disappointed about, because we also we often preach here, you know, to our players, to our staff, um, is having a growth mindset. And I don't think we can truly grow until we, you know, get feedback from people on, Hey, we love this. And uh, this was frustrating or disappointing. Again, doesn't mean we can fix it. Um, you know, Shabby said earlier, Oh, there's a roof coming over Finley. So there's no, you know, like <laughs> we only had two or three rain days in 22. That was awesome. But no, there won't be a roof, but I would love to, to get some, uh, some feedback there. And if this carries over to the listeners to throw some things, you know, on social media and find its way to us, I would, I would love to get again, because I think you guys cover, you know, you're not just uh, a single group that only is concerned about this. Like you all have different experiences and different takeaways. So I would love to, to get some things that, you know, you're excited about and some things that, you know, I don't know, frustrated or disappointed or want to see, you know, perhaps be different in, in 23. I, I'd love to get that feedback because my staff will say they don't listen when I go on these things, but I know they do. So they'll, they'll hear it too. <laughs> we'll give them a pop quiz for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. Yep. Well, I'll say, I know what I was most proud of was how much we executed for, you know, we put our money where our mouth was with the women's team coming forward. I mean, the city came out in droves. I have never seen that many fans at a women's CFC match ever and it made me so proud so I was proud of what the club did y'all did everything that you said that you were going to do and so I think that for next year I'm looking forward second year in seeing just how much more growth we have we have more time to recruit we've got more time to plan obviously this was our first season back so you want to do it right and I think we did Uh, but I think I would love to see more people at the away games I mean I know it's hard it's a longer season for the men's side there was a lot going on because COVID, we, a lot more things opened up. So I think a lot more people that couldn't travel 
you know. So I definitely, I think from that angle, I would like to see that. I think one thing I would love to see more of, and it's not necessarily anything that we did wrong, but I think just even more community partnerships in terms of events that we can do that where we can all like fan base with the club can get out into the community and give back because we, we do it. We have our cause of the night, which was great. I think that we plugged it so much. I would like to see more on the women's side. I know it's a little harder because we don't have as many matches. So it's hard to do necessarily a match necessarily given home versus away. But I think I would love to see more, um, because we obviously a lot of we see a lot of the men out in the community, but I'd like to see when the women's team comes back, seeing more that they're doing in the community at large, just like the men. And like maybe we can partner more the fan base, not just the Chattahooligans, just CFC fans in general, partnering with the club to do outreach events and things like that. Because there's so many things. I spend so much time outside of CFC volunteering because it's just the passion. And I would love to see what all we could do to partner to give back in different ways. Yeah, no, I I think that's perfect. Um we did some things again that some of it was public facing, some of it wasn't. Um, we swung and missed. I think we forgotten or forgot um, just how busy, you know, college athletes are in the summer when they're here playing. Like some of them are in school, some of them are doing some things, and we felt a little bit awkward demanding uh, some more time out of them, but they wanted to do it. And um, now we just need to be better on our end finding the appropriate opportunities to do some of that stuff. Um, and again, it's that short window, so it is hard. And the scheduling for the WPSL is crazy. Like, you know, one week, I think we played Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, and that hopefully it doesn't happen again. I am proud that our home games, like we said, we wanted the majority of them to be weekend based. So I think we had two Saturdays, a Friday and a Wednesday. Um, but yeah, we need to find some, some more ways to, to, to be out there, you know, uh, you know, in the community uh, with some of those things. So that's, that's definitely, definitely valid and, and definitely a note for us to take away for sure. For me, it's a, I was, I was most happy with game day execution all year. It was such a step up uh, from previous years where I had been uh, notably uh, critical of, of some things and maybe it was as simple as the production of the national anthem but I thought that everything in the game day production was was done at such a higher level this year than any other year and and I don't I don't think that's really uh, really arguable uh, so to that kudos because uh, I just thought it was just really well done uh, on, on the other on the other side and this is part of growing pains and and technically I don't think has is controlled by Chattanooga FC, but at the same time is somewhat uh, inextricably tied to the club. And that's uh, uh, security at the stadium and the, and the fan interactions with security and, the, and that sort of thing. So I would like to see that. I would like to see them, you know, the security uh, be looked at as more of the way it used to. You I mean, used to, it was the same uh, ticket guys and everything. And I greeted them every week and that sort of thing. And it's such a, it's more professional now. I understand, but it's got that less sort of friendly feel to it. Like, you know, they're really strict about that. Uh, no seats with, uh, uh, uh arm holder policy or armrest policy. That's a tough one. <laughs> so I would just like to see a little more friendly interaction with the uh, security. But like I said, that's probably more of a stadium issue, less of a CFC issue. Yeah, no, I think it's fair. And I think the, I think the, the best thing about, um, look, we all here enjoy going to get a beverage, right? And if you go to your beverage spot, bar, brewery, up north, we call it tavern, way up north, we call it tavern, right? Um, you know, you get to know people and it does, doesn't have to be beer or alcohol, but like wherever you go, like people know you, right? And they get to it. So one of the challenges that I think all venues and events are having is, just um people and you know what used to be you know game day staff event staff like you know if you were running a concert venue you knew these six people that we were security bouncers are going to be there every saturday for a concert now for whatever reason has changed you know since and during covid is getting consistency there has been difficult um so that's one of the challenges that we've had um uh, and we do that in partnership with the stadium. So it's not just on them. It's not just on us um, is um, some transition that has happened. And part of it, I think, will continue to, to get better as, you know, things continue to return. I'm not going to say to normal because I don't think that's there, but things continue to return is hopefully we have 
um, you know, more regular staff working some of those points um, where they, you know, are familiar with our policies, familiar with our fans, familiar with, you know, things that happen and we can change some of that. But, you know, again, I think that's, um, uh, you know, a spot that's, uh, you know, that we should be aware of and, and consider on that side. But uh, the other thing too, is that, you know, some of the changes that have been made, I think um, are just the reality of, unfortunately, and, you know, where our, our world is, you know, what, you know, Finley sits in a residential neighborhood. It's not on the side of an interstate where, you know, it's going to be very difficult for something bad to happen. Like we're in an area where, you know, a car could be parked and it shouldn't be parked there. And as we saw a couple of Decembers ago in Nashville, it could be a really devastating thing for an area. So there's some security pieces that we just can't take um, lightly. But um, when we do have security, I think having consistency with the people and their mentality and what they know about our fans is a big part of it. And I think that's, you know, consistent in a, in a lot of different places, not just um, in a stadium. But yeah, I think that's, again, I think that's very fair for sure. Chappy, please don't go to next because um, I don't want Jim to go last because then he's going to repeat and have a lot of different things. So, <laughs> okay. You want me to go next? Yes. Oh, sorry, Jim. Did I say that? I thought I was on mute. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I will say the, the I, I did get an opportunity to do the the uh, this the kind of pitch side uh, experience over on the other side, and I, I thought that was really well done. Uh, I did it with my wife's company, and um, it was for the um, the women's game, uh, the first women's home game, and it was right. it was really fun. So I, I I you know kudos to everybody involved with that. I think it's I think it's a cool experience, um, and uh, and I I hope for more of those. Um, the, the negative I have or the, where the area I'd like for improvement is just the, 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 um, the broadcast, you know, I, I know that, um, you know, just the, you know, I've even thought about like, how much does it cost to get better cameras for CFC? Cause I'm going to start a GoFundMe just, just to see if we can get some, some better cameras for the, for the footage, I, you know, now I'm at the stadium, so it, it, it probably doesn't mean as much because you know i like to go back and watch them again and and so i think and again and again <laughs> and, and so that there are elements of 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 it you know the from the 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 camera to um the play-by-play -play and the you know and so i i, I don't want to I, I think all of it could be improved and and so that's the that's one thing i part of that is uh i don't know who's watching um but uh you know, I, I, it's one thing I noticed it's, it's, I think it's hard for any lower league um, club to really get uh, like a really, a really top notch professional broadcast. Cause it's, it's just really expensive, but I would like to see some, some improvement there. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's what I would say. You said, and so I'm thinking of another one, but you don't want to say it. Well, I mean, I, it's, it's really, it's, <laughs> It's really small and come on out with it already. Yeah, say yeah, it. We knew it. We no, knew it was it. the it was the it was the the VIP experience at the semi at this at the semifinal. Um, you know, I I I wish I could have been able to watch the game while I was because since it since the it was open through throughout the first half, it would have been nice to be at a place where you could watch the game. And the only really you could, the only place you could do that would be in a box upstairs. So, um, you know, the the drinks were great. The food was okay, but I, you know, I'd be nice to be able to watch the game uh, while you're in that experience. So, yep. No, so I don't want to take any any thunder away from Finley, but was in a meeting yesterday, and you know that space is underutilized. Uh, yeah, know, by us by UTC, um, and there's a lot of changes hopefully coming um, to make that uh, even a better opportunity for people that you know, want to come in and grab a bite to eat or a drink and, and be able to have the game, you know, on a TV that wasn't built in 1987, um, you know, in there. So those are, those are some upgrades that are, that are coming on that side. And yeah, it's the, the hospitality on field type of experiences. We're going to definitely, um, well, not definitely, we hope to grow for next year with some of it because it is, you know, some of the feedback we got was like, Oh my God, I didn't realize how, how athletic some of these guys were, you know, I mean, some of these guys are really fast and, 
you know, it was just cool to be up front and, you know, on top of the action and see that. And, um, you know, mm -hmm. for, for the women's game to, to have that appreciation of how good these players are and, you know, how hard they're competing, you know, even as a, you know, call it a first year team, even though it's not a first year team, but a, a new team, how much they really wanted to, to work hard for the club and the city and the community. So yeah, those are some cool things. And then in terms of the broadcast, yeah, I think we've, we've made some good strides just like we have in terms of, you know, our ticketing, we got a lot of good feedback and our ticketing was cleaner and easier to navigate with our, our, our current ticket partner. Um, when you say current, that means there'll be a change coming, not in 23, but as soon as this contract is over, we will be changing ticket providers. I can promise you that. Um, but we've tried to make little upgrades and I think we've done that in the broadcast, but again, it's not about the people necessarily, uh, not able to get to the stadium or choosing not to come to the stadium. It's also about, you know, our players. So if we want, right. you know, players from the women's team to have good video and film for NWSL or going overseas or the men's team, if they want to move on to higher levels or go play in, in Europe or something, you know, they need to have good video. And for our own staffs, for the men's team and women's team to have quality video, especially for Rod and, and his staff, are they, you know, um, rely on so much data and stats and, um, and stuff that if you can't necessarily tell, all right, was that ball played in by him from that part of the field or, you know, from him into that part of the field, that's a problem. And that that's not good for us in terms of our performance. So yeah, we need to keep making some strides there for sure. Um, in all those areas. And again, it's little, it, it's little, we're not far off. Uh, but we're not where we want to be necessarily. And, but I, I, again, I think it's doable and something that fits within our means. And if you want to do a static all 22 at the very top, you can see, get, just send me that, that footage. Um, I'd appreciate it. Duly noted, duly noted. Uh, I guess I'll share mine. Uh, I think regardless of points on the board, the women's team was a success this year. And that's something that I was the most pleased with and thrilled about, uh, especially when we got to hear other players, other teams, you know, as they're leaving the pitch or look at how they're traveling. Look at, look at their supporters. Look at, I wish we had that. I wish I had that. Maybe next year I'll play for them. Hearing those kinds of things made my millennia. Like that, that is what I wanted. Uh, and we got that. Uh, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Huge, huge thank you to everybody's efforts on that. Cause that was, it was mwah, perfect. Um, the suggestion that I might have for growth is how do we make it easier to travel? And it's harder for the men because there's some really big distances and we can't all catch flights to California. But for the women's team, the, the, the schedule being a lot closer, um, you know, the Chattahooligans as a fan base will try and do uh, caravans or, you know, will offer, you know, ride up kind of things. But it would be really nice if the club could, you know, offer tickets sometimes where you all have already, you know, maybe rented a bus and then we can pay into that because as small organizations or as smaller groups, we can't necessarily outlay for a 60 passenger bus, right? But if the club could, we could make up the cost, right? We could, we could pay for it as it's crowdsourced. And then we know, hey, here's a team sponsored drive to the match. Uh, doable. 100%. Um, All right, there it is, and confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting a bus. <laughs> We're getting a bus. That has uh, been a wish list item for us for a long time. No, I, I breaking I, here tonight. Yeah, breaking here. We got a bus. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I think it, I think it is doable because it does, you know, as we continue to build and, and try to grow that where we, where we want it to be, um, you know, those things, those things are doable. And on the men's side, you know, Savannah coming in is huge, mm -hmm. huge mm -hmm. for, for us. Um, you know, not only for the fans and supporters, but also for our players, like, you know, not having to be gone for two and a half days to play one game is a huge mm -hmm. thing for Richard Dixon to 
you know, make sure with a young kid, with a young kid, he's there for breakfast in the morning and, you know, for, for guys that coach teams and, you know, other, it's just for a lot of reasons. Um, And then also on, you know, for the women's team on the amateur side to, you know, as strong as our groups were with 15, 20, 25 people traveling to be able to get that up to 45 to 50, you know, would be massive. So those are things that I think we can, that we can uh, commit to and, and be able to do and uh, would be exciting, right? Because it's beneficial uh, to all sides of, of what we're trying to, to accomplish here. So, I mean, I think those are, you know, doable. The, the one difficulty on the women's side is, you know, for a lot of those teams that, you know, their schedules are determined by outside factors. You know, so when are players available? When's their stadium available? And as we saw, majority of the women's games were on weekends, but there were, you know, a few clubs that were like, oh, we got to play on Thursday because that's when we can get the stadium and it's a cheaper rate, which we have to respect that they're different, you know, with their resources than we are. Um, but yeah, I would, I would hope if there's, you know, a men's or, or a women's or men's and a women's game, you know, on a Saturday that's within the driving distance that we should be able to help um, provide, navigate those because there's nothing like an away day and there's nothing, you know, um, and I think that's something that's been missing a little bit. And I think with some of the, you know, the growth that, that we've had and some of the teams coming in a little bit closer, um, hopefully that's something that we can pull off for sure. We need to get Sam. Awesome. We need to get Sam his CDL. We'll get a a, a, a nice club schoolie. Sam with, Click. Sam. Yeah. Yes. I mean, some, I love Sam Click, but I'm not. I'm not. You're sure. going to put your take your life in your hands with, some, ca- with some couches and a kegerator in the schoolie. <laughs> painted. Now he could do that part. Like so, you're would, basically <laughs> wanting a Vegas party bus, is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, Sam Click driving a bus with a a keg of of Ham's beer in the back. That's probably doable um and i would (laughs) would, your first point shabby too like like alex um like alex she killed it this summer for the women's team like absolutely she did she she was tremendous and i've had some great ops people um that have been around with my career and and kara in st louis is somebody that's really close to me and and into my family and to sydney um and man, Alex has given Kara a run for her money. I mean, she took care of that team. I don't think they fully understood. I think maybe now they do, or maybe some of them did. Um, and it was cool, like as the men's season went on and the, the women's college season kind of died down to see some of the women's team come back, you know, yeah. Caroline and some of them, you know, yeah. Paul, they were, they were at the, at the playoff game and that, that was fantastic. Um, so that again, shows that community, that club that we all want. Um, but you know, so much of that credit goes to Alex in terms of, you know, she, you know, values the experience and, and wants it to, to be done right. Um, but she's also very realistic in the challenges, you know, that it is. She's like, look, we're not going to get 3,000 people to come to women's game, uh, but that doesn't mean we can't get 1,000. And that doesn't mean we can't travel the right way. So um, she learned a lot. She grew a lot. Um, but, man, she – she she killed it and mm-hmm. really really yeah. happy with the work that she did and um the foundation that was laid um by her in, in terms of what we did this summer well let's uh i mean it, it's it's uh it's now eight after eight thirty. um i i do want to end real quick with uh what's making you happy this week guys so if if you could just go around real quick todd one one thing you've seen read watched that's made you happy this week? Oh, uh, I, I watched the final, uh, I watched final episode of Ozark. So there was a certain sense of accomplishment of getting through, actually getting through a series on Netflix. So I'm feeling accomplished this week. Shabby, what's, what's making you happy this week? Um, probably not the scope for this particular podcast, but, uh, the headlines around Iran uh, abolishing the morality police and hoping that we're going to see some some better gender equity around the world. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a great one. 100%. Awesome. Shelly, what's making you happy this week? Uh, well, uh, tomorrow night is 
first inaugural Chatted Hooligan Soccer Ball and for a good cause. And we've had a great response for uh, folks purchasing tickets. And uh, it's been stressful getting it planned, but I've got a good planning committee with me. And it's making me happy because so it should be fun tomorrow. It's going to be a little chaotic from two to six getting it set up. But I had a smile on my face even while I sliced off the side of my finger getting ready yeah. for tomorrow. I bleed for this club. It was clear tonight. So. You know, you could have saved some money. I could have just fixed that for you. Oh, luckily, I, well, I should have driven up, driven up to God's country and have it. They there luckily go. it, they glued it, so it didn't have to be stitched. But, uh, that's, yeah, it's all that's, good. So that's great. Did, uh, Jeremy, what's making you happy this week? Um, it hasn't happened yet, but tomorrow I'm really excited to to be around so many people that value what this city gives all, to all of us and the opportunity gives to us so to be with the lookouts and utc and finley and you know chattanooga sports uh it will be that'll be fun and it's good for our staff i mean the fact that smo uh and mary from the merch team will get a chance to be there and you know communicate and network with the merch people uh and jarell and charlie on the communication side that we've been able to add all those people into it and you know some of it will be like for like but there's some things that we do that they don't even think about doing and there's some things that utc and those other groups do that we can't do so that'll be fun so i'm really thankful that we have a tight-knit um you know group within all those teams that really value chattanooga and what we get to do here and what we get to be a part of in this community so that that'll be fun i'm i'm really looking forward to that and everything that it provides to our staff and um you know to everybody that's here for sure. And I'll, I'll end on, if you've not seen, if you've not seen the the trailers for this, uh, you need to, to find it. It's called, it's a, it's a Christmas movie called violent, uh, violent night or is it what it is? Yeah. Violent night. Yeah. So uh, my wife and I went to see it. It's a, you, you can think about uh, die hard meets home alone meets the Santa Claus meets Vikings. Um, <laughs> it's, did not it's know vikings Lord. were involved somehow yeah. i missed that I mean, trailer but yeah it's all of those things if you if you've seen it you know what i'm talking about um the only problem with it with it at all is that there's a slight moment where it tries to take itself seriously and that's the worst moment in the film the rest of it is amazing it will be it will end up i think being one of those one of those things that you watch it's it is not for the kids uh, it is. Are you saying it's going to be a Christmas classic? It's incredibly violent, um, but <laughs> it's, uh, it is. Like Die violent. Hard is a Christmas classic, or like a, a Christmas story is a Christmas classic. Um, I I don't know. It, I I think it's just going to be one of those <laughs> kind of. It's going to be one of those uh, cult Christmas classics. I think it'll feel be feel good cult classic. Oh yeah, it's very, very much a feel good. Very, very much a feel good. <laughs> um so in the show yeah. notes in the show notes you're gonna put don't take things too seriously yeah that's what <laughs> i do that away. yeah that that's the, the 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 one part of the movie where it takes it takes things a little too seriously the rest of it is is just about an hour and a half of just pure just fun <laughs> and um and laughter at people getting killed i don't know if you've seen it you know what i'm talking about um but you know santa doesn't take any crap off of off of these guys so um what may, what's making me happy this week is violet night and i may go watch it again uh in, in my wow i may go see it again um thanks jeremy again for for hanging out with us for this long uh you know we appreciate we appreciate you and what you do the only thing the all out of all the things we've talked about the only thing that that you know scares me is that you said that someday you may be at another club and i'm like what what, what does that mean that doesn't make you no that's this not going to keep jim up at night for yeah, a while. now 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 I'm not going to be able to sleep for the next well, three weeks. Yeah, so it's, you know I'm going to get a message in about an hour when I'm trying to go to bed. What do you think he meant by that? <laughs> he's going to be dissecting every. He's going to keep rewatching like, this. Just this. go to bed. <laughs> you know, be like, but he put his head this certain way. I mean, as we're seeing in other markets, maybe two clubs in one city is not enough, and maybe okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe Gabby and I start something in Hickson. 
Oh, yeah, it could so. happen. You never know. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. Well, again, uh, Jeremy, it was great to have you, uh, nope. Thank you guys. get home and, and, yeah. and, and go spend some time with, with your lovely family. And we'll we'll let everybody go. Again, this is a 423 Soccer Pod. This is Jim, a.k.a. Chattagooner. Todd, where they where can they find you on the on the Twitterverse? Hey, lose me on Twitter. I'm moving back to Facebook because it's a better place to live. Uh, you can find the, the 423 Soccer Pod over there. Shabby. At Shabby Bell, S-H-A-B-Y-B-E-L-L-E. And Shelly? I'm at Shelly Ayers, 82. And you can mock me. Mock me? Yeah, you can mock me. You can block me. You can mute me. Whatever you want to do on Twitter, at Chattagooner. Uh, that'll be it. Uh, until we see you guys again, go CFC. Go Blues. Oh, Mr. Oliveira with a cheeky goal.